Hey everybody, this is Leslie. I am here with one of my very dear friends for a very long time, Melanie. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long have we known each other? Oh, oh man. We were roommates back in college, so I want to say probably... 15? Yeah, 15, 15 years. years. Oh. Wow. That went by fast. That did. And now we have kids, and now we're sitting here talking about how difficult it was to have those kids. Can we go back to the days when we would just chill on the couch all day and play Guitar Hero? There's just us. <laughs> we could do what we want when we want to. <laughs> she could watch her jazz games in silence and yell at the TV. Chance would come and join me. Those were the days. I know, right? I was talking about that just the uh, other day, actually. He probably still wishes he had you as my roommate for that one. <laughs> um... So let's kind of fill everybody in about who you are and um, how long you and your husband have been together, how many kids you have. Uh, kind of fill us in on that and we'll get, we'll get okay. into it. I'm Melanie and I have been married for ooh, nine years now. It's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I have three kids. I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and my baby just turned two. And I and did they're beautiful. Oh, they're so fun most of the time. Yeah, that's what we all say. <laughs> Last night was a fun night, but <laughs> <laughs> they just have to keep you in check sometimes. I feel yeah, like. yeah. But yeah, I miscarried one before my last baby, but. And did you have any fertility issues with your first, second, any struggles at all getting pregnant? No, I got pregnant pretty easily with all my kids. Once we decided to go off birth control, it was within, seems like, a few months. Oh, that's nice. So, and I was lucky you, that way. Yeah, no kidding. And had you heard about, prior to having kids, had you heard anything about postpartum depression at all? A little bit. Not a whole lot. Um, I knew about it, um, but yeah, I didn't. Not much. No. Had you had you experienced any kind of like anxiety, depression throughout your life at all, or anyone in your close family? Like, were you familiar with mental illness really in depth, hardly at all? Was it a topic of conversation for you growing um, up? Um, my mom kind of dealt with it a little bit, and I had a brother that dealt with it after he was divorced. Um, but not, yeah, I didn't know a ton about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I've known people that have had it, but I didn't really have to deal with it firsthand. Mm -hmm. I think that was the biggest change is I was aware of it and, um, you know, have dealt with some people with it. And so I had sympathy for them. Mm -hmm. But... I never, yeah. Understood it. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty common. Um, so with your first, did you feel like you had, like, any kind of symptoms when you were pregnant? Did you, how was your childbirth? How was it having your first? Walk us through each child and kind of what, what that experience was like for you. My first, I was, I think I was just so excited to have my first baby and something... I always wanted just to have a family and have kids and be a mom and so the first one it was just everything was exciting mm -hmm. and everything was new and fun and 
it was just us, you know, when my husband was gone. And um, so my first one, I didn't really deal with it. And so when I had, it was actually my second one that after I had my second one is when it actually hit. And was, I, it, was the childbirth different? Was nursing? Like, would you say there was a specific thing that kind of set it off or like helped you recognize you had it or um when did it sink in like with my daughter she did she was born with they call it an asd so with the heart um there's a valve that's supposed to close and at birth and hers didn't close and so that was pretty scary for yeah. a new mom and not knowing what was going on and i had you know, nurses that would come in and she was hooked up to wires that had to be hooked up for 24 hours. And if they came unplugged, they would have to start over. Ugh. And so it was very nerve wracking. We're very cautious and nurses would come in and they're like, oh, what's this? What do I even do? And I'm like, oh, no, are no. you kidding me? <laughs> nurses learn in school Ugh. to not ever say that. It was Just terrible. Lie. I'm like, do you guys not like talk to each other and know about your patients at least you know talk with the nurse before kind of get information about your patients and know what's going on first seriously and I did have one nurse that came in she's like oh we're doing a heart test or we're testing her heart and she's like oh okay no big deal and we're like oh it's so nice to have someone know what's going on (laughs) And she's like, oh, yeah, I've worked up on the NICU. We see this all the time. She's like, but your baby didn't have, like, all these other problems that they weren't that worried. So we didn't have to put her in NICU. But a lot of these nurses don't deal with it because they're usually in the NICU if they have these. I was like, oh, okay. That's good. And she was perfect. She said, you know, (laughs) if you just need a break and you have too much family or something, you need a break, just call me on the phone and ask for a root beer and I'll come in and kick them out. Oh. I was like, oh, you're amazing. <laughs> so she was... Multiply her. <laughs> yeah, she was great. But with my boy, like, everything seemed to go a lot better. Um, my daughter, like, they were worried because her heart rate was going up and down. And um, Is that something that, like, resolves itself over time or... The ASD, is that what you said it was called? Yeah. Does it ever go away? Usually they say it goes away within the first year. Occasionally it doesn't, and they have to go through and have a heart. Um, like a stint? Surgery. Oh. Ooh. Basically. Yeah, they have to go in and do surgery when they're, they say, three or four after they're older. But hers healed. They said it closed, and she had, like, a little heart murmur. They said it's not a big deal. They said... Uh, there's people that deal with that all the time so it wasn't a concern um so as far as that goes her delivery and her labor and everything was a lot more challenging yeah no kidding and and to just like add on the shock factor of having two kids yeah well and with the husband she was the oldest so with the first i would you know looking back i'm like i'm surprised i didn't go through the depression like i did after my second yeah because hers was just so much to it yeah and um yeah her I only half the epidural was working and I laid on one side I was in so much pain and when it was time to push I was ready to get her out and 
the nurse is like, usually for first baby, it takes an hour to an hour and a half to, you know, for delivery. And I was like, oh, but by the time I was in so much pain, I'm like, this baby's going to be out in, I think I said 30 minutes. And she's like, okay. She told the doctor and he walked in. He's like, okay, let's do it. But her heart rate kept going up and down that um, he did an episiotomy to be able to help her come out faster. Mm -hmm. And he was still a little worried. So he said he was going to get the vacuum to help get her out as well. And he said he just put the vacuum up to her head and didn't even use it when I pushed her out. And I had her out in 15 or 20 minutes. And so all that considering, yeah, hers was probably my hardest. No kidding. And then the only difference with my second one, his was pretty easy with everything other than I ended up having um, my placenta was attached. Oh. And wasn't coming on its own. So they had to do a... Can't remember. Um, Something. I'll remember it here in a second. Basically, they have to go in and scrape it out um, like they do if you miscarry. Oh, like a DNC. A DNC. Yes. So they had to do a DNC with him and go in because it wasn't coming on its own and scrape out. And that was the only really difference. I didn't have that with my first. Yeah. And I had that with my second and with my third that I had to have the DNC with. And the doctor said, oh, well, if you've had it with these two, if you have any more, it most likely you'll have to do another. That's crazy. So a lot of times when people hear I had a DNC, they're like, oh, did you miscarriage? Did you have a miscarry? And I said, no. Um, But that's generally what people relate it to. Yeah, for sure. So that was the only difference that I really had with my second one that I didn't deal with the first but um and you had the excuse me and you experienced postpartum with your second or your first second your second yeah the the first I didn't really deal with it everything was good everything seemed yeah everything was fine and so you really felt it with the shock of having another and then what what did that look like for you was it anxiety depression fear obsessive compulsive because that's (sighs) the thing like you don't know yeah. There's so many different types of maternal mental health like right. signs, right? It was more, I think, depression. Um, I remember my husband was gone hunting. It was, let's see, it would have been, I don't know. The baby was born in May, so it wasn't really hunting season yet. But I know he was gone camping or something. Um, and he called, he always calls home at the end of the night he finds service to check in and um he asked how things were going and I just broke down and was crying and I didn't know why and he's like what what's the matter I was like I don't know I'm like I can't stop Hmm. and he's like do I need to come home and of course I'm like no I'm fine I'll be fine typical Melanie (laughs) Yeah. Strong. She is. She's a strong woman. (laughs) But I just told him, no, I'll be fine. It's fine. I didn't want to take him away from, you know, being with his friends or 
I can't remember who he was with. It was a cousin or a friend. And I'm like, no, I'll be fine. And a few hours later, he walked in the door. Oh, and I cool just feel. Yeah. <laughs> I started crying again, of course. Yeah. Because here I feel bad because now he came home and I'm like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And he's like, I knew something was wrong. And he's like, I wasn't leaving you home with two kids. And <laughs> so he's like, nope, you're more important. And I knew something was wrong and it's not worth it. Yeah. And that's when it started kicking in because I just couldn't stop crying. And it was just random, it seemed like. And I just couldn't, didn't know what was going on. And he's like, we need to take you in and we need to get you checked because this isn't like you. And how long before you had that conversation were you in that state of mind? Like, was your, how old was your baby at that point when you were like, okay, this is enough? He was probably two, three months old when I started having symptoms and just. Oh, wow. And then so. when you started having the symptoms, was it just right away that you went to the doctor? Or? I think it, my husband, when it comes to things like that, he worries and stresses. And so he's like, nope, we get, we're getting you in. Good. I'm always the type that I'm like, it's fine. It's just me. I'll be fine. <laughs> and and he's like, no, this isn't normal. This isn't like you. He's like, there's something going on and you need, we need to get, we need to find out. Yeah. So when I went in and told him about it, the doctors were like, yeah, sounds like you're going through postpartum depression and it's completely normal. And this is about the state where a lot of people start is about two to three months Sometimes it's within weeks, mm-hmm. but they said in most most cases it's when they're between. I think they said two to four months is when it starts kicking in. Mm. And I've been on the medication ever since. But at first it was like, oh, I don't think I need medication. I'm fine. I don't it's need so it. So hard to start taking it because you just feel. Is this one going to work? Did you go through multiple medications or did you find one and it it worked? No, I went through a few of them. Yeah. Some of them just, I'm like, I don't think it's really doing anything. And, um, yeah, it's, it was one of those things too. I think it's the whole, um, stigmatism. Yeah. The stigma. Yeah. The whole stigma that no, it's all in your head and you're fine and. Um, you know, I think that's what a lot of people, you know, the whole thing of, oh, depression's not real or, you know, that people are like, oh, I can, I can do it myself. I'm fine. And that's one of the things when I went in, the nurses were saying, you know, a lot of people feel like this and, and that's when it starts getting bad Yeah. and they let it go too far. And then sometimes things happen. And I did talk to an old neighbor of mine growing up, and I think I wrote something on my Facebook page or something about depression and kind of asking, like, who's been through it kind of thing, because, you know, I'm not most of the time too worried about talking about my feelings, Mm -hmm. so I kind of was like, hey, who else has kind of dealt with this? (laughs) And I remember running into her and she saw my post and I ran into her um, in my hometown and she said, hey, I saw your post. And she had written to me before and and she told me, you know, 
this is, I've dealt with this for years and mine was really bad and, you know, the whole stigma, everyone was telling me, well, I was telling myself, no, I'm fine. Didn't want to take medication. I could take care of myself. And she's like, it took her dad um, telling her, hey, look, like, is it okay for a diabetic to take medicine for their diabetes? And she's like, well, yeah, of course. He's like, so what's it? What's the difference for you to take medication for something you're dealing with compared to someone else? Mm -hmm. They're like, it's, you know. It can be life-threatening. Yeah. Right? He's like, this can be serious. Like, what's the difference between you taking it and a diabetic taking it? And she told me that. And I was like, you know, I've never thought of it like that. But it's true. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I don't want to take medication people don't want to take it but you know then there's those times they look back and go oh I've, you know or oh, can you imagine if you if you hadn't like oh any especially even if you didn't have a spouse that supported you in it either that you would have had to just deal with that all by yourself and right. hold that in and well and i've seen family members and that that take medication I like i don't want to take any medication that i don't need and i don't you know i don't take anything unless i'm really needing it Mm -hmm. even pain like I won't take anything other than like ibuprofen Tylenol because I don't want side effects and I don't you know so when it comes to medication I'm very limited in what I will actually take Mm -hmm. so and you feel like you're on something now that's really working good for you you're feeling good most days and you've had a third child so how was that experience were you able to be take medication throughout the whole thing? Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. They said the medication was fine. That mm-hmm. was one of the things I asked. I said, hey. And they said the risks of not taking it are higher than going off of it. I'm so, so glad you brought that up because that's something that doesn't get talked about is you can. You can nurse. You can be pregnant. There's medications that it's absolutely possible to take care of yourself. Yeah. And still give birth and still nurse. Yep. They said it's very, it's, you know, a lot of the medication you have to wean off of. And, Mm -hmm. but that was one of my things. I'm like, hey, is this something, you know, that's okay? And they said, absolutely. It's safer. Hmm. Did you have, after you had your miscarriage, if you're okay to talk about it. Yeah. um, Did you go into any kind of a funk afterwards? Or was the medication kind of helped you stay out of a funk? I mean, obviously, it was difficult to process. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I kind of did, but I know when I actually miscarried, I was at work when I actually miscarried. And the nurse had called, you know, I told my doctor the weekend before that I wasn't going to be able to work the, it was a Labor Day weekend when everything started happening and. I told him that I was going to have to go in and get checked, you know, the first day after the weekend and that I wouldn't be able to go to work. And he's like, you do what you need to. And um, I went in and got all the tests and everything done. And they wanted me to check my levels again to make sure I was actually miscarrying. And when I miscarried at work, the well the nurse had just called to 
give me the news that yes, I was indeed miscarrying and asked if I'd passed anything yet. And I told her that I didn't think so. And after I got off the phone, I actually went into the bathroom and actually passed the baby Serious. at that point. Right then. Wow. So when I got done, I called my husband and told him, and he's like, you need to come home. You need to tell your work. I'm like, no, I need to work. I need to work. And he's like, no, you need to come home. <laughs> and I was like, what am I going to do if I come home? I was like, it's better for me to be here and staying busy mm-hmm. and getting my mind on something else than being home and thinking about it because I'll just sit and cry. And he was mad because <laughs> I wouldn't come home. But he's <laughs> like, okay, I understand. And he brought me flowers. And mm. I think the hardest part was I to- we just told our kids the week before. And they were so excited. And then the night I miscarried, my brother and sister-in-law were watching the kids and they knew something was wrong. Mom was going to the doctors. and So then we had to break the news to them and they just didn't understand. Yeah. You know, they were little and um, I think at that point they were four and two or five and anyways, they were little. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand. All they knew was mom was mom had a baby and now she doesn't and why didn't the baby live and so I was constantly getting them asking questions of mom why is there no baby and of course the youngest at the time kept on saying baby baby and touching my tummy he understood baby but he didn't understand what had happened and my older daughter was old enough that she understood there was a baby and now there's not and why and I think that's what kind of made it harder because I kept having the yeah, having more questions and trying to explain to these little kids of what happened and why they didn't live. And, and did you have Lisa's experience that we've heard multiple times is at the pregnancy you have after a miscarriage, you just have anxiety the whole time. Like, do I tell anybody this time? Should I even get excited about it? Yeah, absolutely. The whole pregnancy, um, especially in the beginning every little thing it was like is this you know I'd had two babies before but I'm like is this normal is this okay and I did start spotting a little bit with my baby and so of course you know I'm freaking out and go in and get checked and make sure everything's okay and they said no this is okay they said a lot of times if it's um bright red is when you have to worry Mm. when it's the darker kind of like a menstrual cycle then sometimes it's just left over from your cycles prior Mm. something that it's normal that it's okay but yeah the whole pregnancy that's you know is the baby gonna live and I don't want to say anything and you know I get really sick with my kids normally and I was sick with this baby, so I was like, okay, that's a good sign. Because I'd learned with the miscarriage, I I wasn't sick. And everything was... I was like, oh, finally I'm having a baby I'm not going to be so sick with. And after I miscarried, I read things that said, if it's not like your norm... You know, if you've had other pregnancies and it's not like that, 
usually there's a sign Mm -hmm. that something's wrong. And that was, so that was reassuring because I'm like, okay, I'm sick. Mm -hmm. But it was still a constant, is this okay? Is this normal? Yeah. Reading into everything. Yes. And so you gave birth to your last, to your third. Yes. And did you feel like, what's it like? I've heard going from two to three is insane because you're outnumbered. Yes. (laughs) My husband works a lot too. And sometimes our shifts are totally separate. So it's not even just having one for each hand. It's like, now how do I take care of all these? Because they all want to be on my lap or they all want mom. And they're all so young. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely challenging with three. I've heard after three, it's not as bad, but <laughs> I've heard totally different from a lot of people. I know, so. <laughs> it's all different. There's not one right answer to any yes. of this stuff. Um, so what kind of things do you feel like are the most important for you for your like self-care to stay functional, to be able like working? I know that you and I are similar. We both enjoy working. Yeah. But like, so where are you at with that? Do you feel like, what do you do to make sure that you stay healthy besides taking medication what do you do mentally to make sure that you're good oh um what do you try to do because let's be honest <laughs> I know. like with my husband's schedule and hunting season especially is i'm a single mom so yeah. <laughs> it's hard um work definitely has helped that i get a little time that i can focus on other things and mm-hmm. um another thing i've been doing a lot is reading Um, if I get a chance, I will sit down and read a book. I don't watch as much TV. Um, I watch TV more if my husband's home because that's his way to unwind from work and things. But to me, to get, to be able to sit down and read and kind of get away, I don't know, books just kind of get me away from things that I, that's been one of my relaxing things, but... Um, occasionally it's, I have some friends that are like, Hey, let's get together and bring my kids or whatever. And yeah, because it's hard to get away from the kids when my husband's gone. So we'll get all of our kids together and the kids go play and then we can sit and talk and visit. And that's been another thing that's helped is to be able to get away and talk to other moms and for both of us to kind of relax. That's been, been nice. And occasionally I'll go out with friends and my when my husband's home, we'll have a girl's night and we'll go. And so those are kind of my unwinding yeah. times. You have to have those. <laughs> yes. Um, do you feel like even still on medication, do you still feel like sometimes you go into like maybe a seasonal funk or anything like that? Or do you feel like you're pretty regulated? No, there's times I'm, I feel like I'm still at my low and there's times that um, I've been thinking maybe I need to get back in and check and make sure this is still working or if I need to change a dose. I've had to do that before mm-hmm. where I started getting, I think, used to the medication. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm struggling. Yeah. And, you know, there's lately that I've kind of started feeling that way again that okay, maybe I need to switch things up again or maybe I need to change the dose or something because there's been some hard, hard times. Mm-hmm. So, 
And do you think just talking about it even too? Like, do you have... It sounds like your husband's super supportive too. But do you yeah. have that support of someone you can talk to and when you do have those, like, right now? Yeah, I have some friends that when I'm having a hard time that they're, they've been really good to listen and open up and let me talk. And yeah. they're like, okay, let's go. Let's get out. Let's go do something. And good. so that's been good and I have family that's very supportive and it's really good so yeah it's it's crazy too because even having that support right like having that support like even with your second when you get postpartum it's like you can have all the support in the world and that can't that doesn't get rid of postpartum no absolutely. You know, and it, there's still the times that I'm like no I don't want to burden someone else and I don't want to why do we do that <laughs> I don't know. Right? Like, why? And we don't want to show people that we're struggling. I think that's a big thing that we don't want people to know that we're having a hard time. Yeah. That you feel alone or... Well, and I think anybody's like that. They don't want to ask for help. You know, there's people that, you know, if you're trying to move or, you know, anything, it's like, no, we can do it ourselves. I don't want to ask. Yeah. No, we're good. Yeah. We're fine. We can do it. (laughs) (laughs) it's so true and then i tell you what though in like that moment when you do say it's okay like yes help me it's like oh my gosh i just feel so much better oh yeah i've had some of my sister-in-laws that i think my husband will even reach out to them and say hey you know mel needs some help Mm -hmm. or you know i'm just so overwhelmed that i've had sister-in-laws come over and they're like hey we're I had one come and she was trying to surprise me, but my husband's not very good at surprises. So. <laughs> Are any of ours? <laughs> <laughs> he tries to hide it and he's like, well, you can't go. You have to be gone at this time. And I'm like, okay, where am I going? He's like, I don't know, but you can't be home. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> and my sister-in-law showed up and was like, Phil wasn't supposed to tell you. I told him that it had to be a secret, but I'm here. I'm clean. We're clean we're gonna clean your house and I just of course start bawling because you know it's one of those things that being a working mom and husband that's gone husband's gone a lot it's overwhelming three young kids you're one of the hardest working people I know (laughs) thank you yeah (laughs) you are so you give all you have and all of your heart to everything and everyone and it's got to be kind of exhausting sometimes yeah it can't be. <laughs> so you deserve that when people show up and do nice things for you because mm-hmm. you do that. It's very humbling. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So to the moms out there that are listening, that are kind of feeling that way, like scared to take medication or scared to just take the next step, whether it's therapy or just telling somebody that are kind of in that that moment before your husband called you or you were just like what do I do before he showed up or you were like I'm okay I've got this you don't need to leave camping yeah what would you tell Melanie right then in that moment before when you said no I'm okay I don't need you to help me like what would you tell her I would say don't be afraid don't be afraid to talk um because being alone makes it that much harder and when you have that support system It makes it livable. Yeah. You know, you can, you can manage when you have the help. 
if you try and hold it all in, which I tend to do, and no, I can handle it, I can do it myself, um, it makes the depression that much worse, because you, you already feel alone, you already feel helpless, but when you find out, like my friend, when she reached out to me and said, hey, I've been dealing with this, and Mm -hmm. I know how you feel, um, I think it's surprising to know how many people deal with it. I agree. And to be able to talk about it and to reach out, you find out how many people actually are going through the same thing. That They might not openly, you know, hey, I've gone through this and I deal with this. But when you reach out, how big your support system gets because there's so many people that have dealt with it on one level or another. So true. Well, and it just helps them feel, gives them the empowerment of, she's speaking up, I'm going to do it too, you know? Yeah. We just really help each other when we do that. It's a big community. Yeah. I mean, look at us. We've known (laughs) each other 15 years, and really, we didn't really even know each other suffered. No. Until we, I mean, we've talked, we've we've had talks, but like. Yeah, we've we've talked about it, but. You don't openly say, hey, I'm dealing with depression. Yeah. Hey, I'm in a funk. Yeah. You know, like, I need help. Can you help me? Yeah. And I know that you would be there if I needed you oh, to be. Oh, absolutely. But I don't call. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just well, crazy that we do that. Yeah. No one likes to ask for help. Mm-mm. And even dealing with it and knowing, hey, I've got a support system or I know people that have dealt with this. Mm-hmm. It's still the, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah. But, I mean, just being able to get out and get away from things and be able to unwind. Yeah. It's just a refresher. Yeah. To be able to talk about it. Yep. And I think just to know that, I don't know, to know that there is someone that you can talk to, right? Like, reach out to your friends and make sure that they know they're not alone. Like, you doing this podcast is going to let people that are within your circle, if you choose to share it, you know, yeah, they'll know that you're sharing, even if they already know what you went through. And it just spreads from there. It's been so cool because most of the people that have listened to this podcast are led to it because their friends shared their story. Yeah. You know, it's not because we're a popular podcast that does all, all these fancy things to get out there. We don't do anything. We just give a space for women to share their story. And then from there, you get people that are curious and want to hear their friend's story and then that's where the healing begins so i think miscarriages are the same way yeah i had two people in the office i was working at at that time that came out and said hey i no actually i had i had three that came out in my office that i worked at that said hey i've dealt with this too you know if you need anything or yeah you know and some i think that's another thing that I learned with my miscarriage um, was, you know, a miscarriage is a miscarriage. And I feel like no matter how far along you are, mm-hmm. there's that also the stigma of, oh, you you didn't really have a baby if you're not this far along. Yeah. But you're still dealing with the same emotions. And to me, a baby is a baby. Yeah. And when you know there's a baby, there's it's a loss. It's a loss. Mm -hmm. And one thing that helped me is when I went into the doctors after the miscarriage because they wanted to check after. And I went in and I was glad for the doctor that I had. It was a woman at the time when she walked in. She said, 
first thing I want you, I want to tell you I'm sorry for the reason you're here. And she's like, and second, she said, I want you to know that you did nothing wrong and you couldn't have done anything to prevent it. And I think that was one of the hardest things because I was like, oh, maybe I did too much or what if this caused it or what if this caused it and the mom guilt. Oh, you know, you already have it anyway. Yeah, let's just make it worse. I know. And it's like, (laughs) what did I do wrong? Did I do this? Or if I did this, would I have prevented it? And I think that was one of the big things that helped me is for her to say, you didn't do anything wrong and you couldn't have done anything to prevent it. She said, for some reason, this happens and we don't know why. And I think my dad, my mom, actually, I found out, well, I knew growing up that she miscarried two babies. Oh, wow. And so my mom had been able to be there for me and she knew and my dad you know, he went through it too. Oh yeah. Dads go through it all. And he said, you know, um, for some reason, you know, for whatever reason, um, it didn't work out. You know, there was something wrong. And that's why a lot of times you miscarry is there's something wrong. And I think, you know, just that support system and knowing that You know, it wasn't me. I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I still feel like, you know, yes, I have three kids now, but I've had four babies. And I still think about that baby. It's still a part of you, I think, no matter what. And no matter how far along you are. And I think that's another, I know my one coworker is like, you know, it's another community. She's like, it's another group. And she's like, it's not a group anyone wants to be a part of, but... And nobody talks about miscarriage. No. Nobody. People don't talk about postpartum, any kind of perinatal mood disorders as it is, let alone miscarriage. Yes. You know, like, it's not... It's crazy to me how people just don't... People have no idea. Nobody ever talks about it. One, because I think we say, oh, I wasn't far enough along. Yeah. When that's when I think it happens the most, so no one talks about it. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, well, I wasn't X amount of weeks, and so it's not... So it doesn't matter. It so doesn't I'm not matter. not process it. Exactly. Because it wasn't... Yeah. Well, that's good, and I think I think that's why you were able to maybe get that comfort from your family and your coworkers, because you talked about it. Yeah. You were brave, and you were honest, and... Well, and some of them saw me going through... <laughs> kind of had no choice on that one <laughs> it was a labor day weekend it was a holiday that you know yeah. why can't mel do this because you know they were told me i was told you know you need to take it easy and you know yeah and so it's like well you know it's kind of hard to keep from family or you know most of them knew and i had to at that point you know i told my family yeah the week prior and so they all knew, and it's like, well, they have to know because at one point I was pregnant, and now I'm not. Yep. You so. got to explain it to all the people that know. Yep. Well, you're brave, and you're strong, and you're vulnerable. And I love that about you, that you're a good mix of vulnerable and strong. Because a lot of people don't have that balance. You know what I mean? You're either, like, tough, and <laughs> I'm not going to open up, or 
probably too vulnerable like I am sometimes. <laughs> but I love that balance about you, and I always feel safe with things with you. And so I just, I hope everyone can feel that with Melanie. <laughs> Because she was born to be a mom. She's very nurturing and loving. Thank you. So, um, anything else that you want the moms out there to know? I guess it's just... Or dads. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, we go through things and we don't know why. This is just something I've always felt, that we go through things for a reason. And sometimes we don't know why we go through it. But as I look back at some of the things I've gone through over my life, um, challenges I've been through, I look back and I can honestly say, you know, those times have helped me be able to help other people. Mm -hmm. And in sharing these hard times, even though you don't want to share them, a lot of times you don't want to tell them the things you're going through you know the hard times you're going through a lot of times you see only the positive and you only see you know what you want people to see Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people struggling and going through things that I think if we share and are able to be there I think that's why we go through some of these things is to help other people go through it and get through it yeah I agree I agree. I love you so much. I love you. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely.